Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Sally, Sally A. from South Jersey, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, June 4th, 2015. Today we are reading from the AA Big Book, and we will begin reading on page 86, the last paragraph beginning with, In Thinking About Our Day. Today's readers are for the 12 Steps, Row M, 12 Traditions, Amy W. Our readers will be Deborah R, Hoodie R, and Deanna B. The share ID for Wednesday, June 3rd, 2015 is 7705. Our newcomer greeter will be Deborah S. The OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book Study, Our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. We will now ask Ro M. to read the OA 12 steps. Ro? Looking for row, but we can't hear you. Star one. Hi, I'm sorry. I was on step three. Okay, go, okay go ahead. Okay, good morning. My name is Ro M. I'm a compulsive overeater. One, the 12 steps of OA. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him. 
praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, Ro. I will now ask Amy W. to read the 12 traditions. Uh, Good morning, Sally. Good morning, everyone. Amy Wendell, compulsive overeater from California. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, less problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, O-Readers Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, O-Readers Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. And twelve, Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Amy. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 86, the last paragraph, beginning with in thinking about our day. I will ask Deborah R. to get us started with one paragraph. Deborah. Yes, good morning. This is Deborah R. from Michigan, and uh, welcome, everyone. Sally, thank you for your service this morning. In thinking about our day, we may face indecision. We may not be able 
to determine which course to take. Here we ask God for inspiration and intuitive thought or a decision. We relax and take it easy. We don't struggle. We are often surprised how the right answers will come after we have tried this for a while. What used to be the hunch or the occasional inspiration gradually becomes a working part of the mind. Still being or being still inexperienced and having just made conscious contact with God, it is not probable that we are going to be inspired at all times. We might pay for this presumption in all sorts of absurd actions and ideas. Nevertheless, we find that our thinking will, as time passes, be more and more on the plane of inspiration. We come to rely upon it. And for me, um, as I worked through these steps and um, did eventually get my conscious contact with God, which they mentioned just having made conscious contact because when I was still in the food and um, beginning my abstinence, um, it come to believe I didn't have any white lightning experience. It was of the educational variety of working the steps. And I am grateful to be able to say that Every time I read on awakening through these pages um, to the end of the chapter, you know, I do practice asking God for inspiration and intuitive thought or a decision. Um, and I'm glad it says we relax and take it easy. You know, it's not like, you know, if I just will it, God will talk to me. It's it's not like that. It, it's a... Um, more of a surrender and I'm open to you. I am open to do whatever you need me to do. Let me be of service. Where can I be of service? And my words and my um, have changed. My thinking has changed, which is what this is all about, is transformation, transformation. And, you know, when I started the journey... They were just words, I I think I kind of skimmed over, okay, I'm going to have a psychic change, I'm going to be um, transformed. But as I worked with the sponsor who guided me one page at a time through this big book, and we discussed it, and I did the work in order, um, it was coming true, just like it says, you know, and... I now can think about my day, um, and there are days, plenty of days within decisions, and I'm grateful that I can say, God, where would you like me to be a service? What's the most important? What's the next right thing to do? I have many choices. That's the beauty of, of being living in recovery one day at a time. I have ample choices and, you know, what a gift. I can take all of them because I'm, not take all of them, but enjoy which ones I'm guided to do because they're his gifts. And I'm grateful for everything 
so that when I get up tomorrow morning, I have the things that I am grateful for today. And thank you very much for letting me share. And I pass. Thank you, Deborah. Deborah R. Would anyone else like to share on this paragraph this morning? Yes, Sally. Angelique from Westchester. Could I be fifth on the list, Sally? Charles H. Kim. Hey, Kim, I've got you. I've got Angela. I've got Charles Fifth. Who else? Janice. Janice M. Janice M. Anyone else? Vasa O. Got you, Vasa. Got you. Okay, let's start with that. Angela from Westchester. Angela, repeat the first initial of your last name before you get started. Then, Kim. Go ahead, Angela. Thank you, sir. A D. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Angela D. from Westchester. Thank you. Yes. It's, can you hear me? I can, Angela. Yes, thank you. Thank. In thinking about our day, all right, from the previous chapter, it says we ask God. Again, in a few few lines down, here we ask God for inspir- inspiration and intuitive thought or decision. What do we do? We relax. We take it easy. We don't struggle. If I don't relax, and if I don't take it easy, and I do struggle, I can't hear them. Because I'm into myself. That's what I've found. I'm, 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 I'm racing a thousand miles an hour. I literally have to ask him on the awakening, the one before, on the awakening, to clear out my mind, clear out my thinking. Or else I can't hear him. So if I can't hear him, I can't proceed with my day. My mind is constantly racing for me. So I've learned to ask him to help me relax, to help me wait for his decision. Because I can run, I mean, I can run and start doing my own things. No, that's not what it's about. It's about waiting for God, that sweet surrender. And, and and it becomes real to me when I when I wait and know that he's God. And the contact with him, it says being still inexperienced and having just made a conscious contact with God, it is not probable that we are going to be inspired at all times. Sometimes I don't get nothing, but sometimes I still sit and wait. And he eventually does tell me. He's got the right to do that. So I have to learn how to wait and not get up and take my day and do it my way. Thank you for letting me share. Thanks for your service and love to all of you. Thank you. Thank you, Angela D. And Kim, it's your turn. Good morning, Sally. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. I'm going to dig into that sentence that Angela just talked about, that being still inexperienced and having just made conscious contact with God, it is not probable that we're going to be inspired at all times. We might pay for this presumption and all sorts of absurd actions and ideas. You know, I think of back in Bill's story when he said, I had arrived. Because that's how I often felt when I got to the end of the steps. Okay, I'm done. You know, and until I studied these precise, specific directions, I understood that this is just the beginning. And I'm going to be inexperienced. You know, I use the analogy when you, you know, never had children and you find out you're pregnant, you're terrified. You've never been a mom. How are you going to take care of a child? 
And then you have this infant and you're terrified because you've never had a child. And then you start to feel comfortable. Okay, now I get it. I understand how to take care of an infant. And then the thing turns into a toddler. And you're like, oh, my God, I've never had a toddler. I'm so inexperienced. And then you get comfortable with the toddler. And next thing you know, it's going off to kindergarten. And then he becomes a tween and a teen and then even an adult child. That you are always inexperienced as a mother because the child is always changing. Well, that's how I feel about my spiritual life. I work with the spiritual life, but as my grow and understanding and effectiveness, life is always changing. My spiritual experience is always changing. So I'm always going to be an experience. And I love that we might pay for these presumptions and all sorts of absurd actions and ideas. I'll just tell you a funny one for me. A couple of years ago, I was reading those books, Fifty Shades of Grey, and as a single woman, those books can rile you up. And I'm on Facebook, and I see a boyfriend I dated like 20 years ago, and I Facebooked him. And then I simply said, God's will be done. And I thought, that's not God's will. That's me exerting will. Okay, God, I'm contacting this guy. And you tell you, you fix it up if it's wrong. So I had to laugh because I'm paying for absurd actions and ideas. So as I go through my day and I make mistakes and I am a human being and I'm trying this and I'm trying that, I just laugh when I make an absurd action or idea. I think, okay, I'm practicing step 11. That's what I'm doing. Because we're in a new world. This is a new world and a new meaning. And this is where the book is going to encourage us to look outside of the 12 steps, look for a spiritual practice, see what people are reading, see what other religions and spiritual ideas are offering us. Because we are now in contact with that power. And how can we make that relationship grow with that power? But being still inexperienced, we're not going to have this this, what I thought in my religion was the burning bush and water into wine and parting the Red Sea. But what I find is as I go through the day, I am more and more in touch with this power. But understanding that in experience, I'm going to be constantly growing towards that power. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. And Janice M. and Vasa, you'll be up next. Yes. Can you hear me, Sally? I can. Go ahead, Oh, Janice. well, good morning to you, Sally M. I mean, Sally A. My name is Janice <laughs> M. from Massachusetts, and I am a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Okay, here we are in step 11, thinking, okay, you know, here I am. I've gone through the steps, and now God's going to tell me exactly what he's going to do, what to do. And, of course, it, it doesn't happen like that. You see, first of all, intuition and inspiration comes from God, from my higher power, whom I understand to be God. And um, the other stuff, the hunches and stuff, is um, a self-will. Now, it's very difficult in the beginning to separate the two. What's God's will and what's my will? Well, practice makes progress. Practice makes progress. Um, What I do for myself is, you know, if I I can tell myself, well, I can, I have to say, okay, am I, am I, am I um, lusting over somebody? Am I selfish? Am I self-seeking? Am I resentful? Am I um, centered in myself? You know, things that I think that I should do. Then I know that that's not God's will. I may rationalize and think it is, but it isn't. You see, because God's will is opposite of, my, of me. 
It really is. It's opposite of me. It's it's forgiveness. You know, it's uh, trust. It's honesty. Um, you know, it's tolerance. You know, when I make excuses, well, that or when I criticize, you know, because this is why that's not God's will. That's my will. And you know, I'll give you an example of um, you know when I sponsor. Um, sometimes I have, you know, people go on, et cetera, and I have some space. And I say, okay, God, now I think I need a little rest here. You know, um, well, what's that? That's, for me, for me, it's uh, self-will. God's will, it comes so fast, service, service. And do you know what happens? Because it's happened to me several times. The phone rings. Janice, do you have time to sponsor me? And I go, okay, God. There's the inspirational thought, there's the intuitive thought, there's the action word that uh, he wants me to do, not what I want to do. Um, and, you know, that St. Francis prayer, that prayer on page 99 in the 12 and 12 is truly for me, which I do daily. Uh, those are God's action words for me to live by. And it's just the opposite of what I've done in the past. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Janice. And Vasa, it's your turn. And Charles, you'll be up next. Yes, thank you. Good morning, everyone. Sally, thank you for your service. And I'm Vasa. Grateful recovering uh, compulsive overeater calling from Foxborough, Massachusetts. And uh, when I was in the food, the food was my higher power, or I put other people to be my higher power. How um, I was a human doer, you know. I don't know. I didn't know how to stop. It says here, we relax, take it easy, we don't struggle. Well, I acted on my own self-will. I was like a crazy woman. And uh, I was a doer, 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 you know, running like a chicken with no head and trying to accomplish and trying to do everything I could. And, of course, I'd run to the food to make me feel better, too. And But I like the, um, the sentence on the other page, being still, um, I have another book, the workbook, being still experienced and having just made conscious contact with God, it is not probable that we are going to be inspired at all times. And I did a lot, a lot of mistakes at the beginning, and I still still make mistakes today. That's why I still, you know, still do what I'm doing, get on the meeting every morning with every, with every one of you. But I use the serenity prayer at the beginning, beginning a lot. God granted the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And I did not meditate. As I said, you know, I had a hard time meditating. But this is, you know, step 11 had showed me how to sit still and relax and listen to God, pray and listen to God. And gradually my thinking started getting clearer. There were some days, you know, I knew what I was going to do, and some days I didn't know, and I'm saying, well, I don't know, is this God's will, or is it my, am I really aligning my will, God's will, with a lot of confusion. But as I started meditating and praying, you know, especially in the morning, I asked God, 
in my prayers, God, show me what is your will for me to do today and um, and not mine, you know. And then, you know, whatever, whatever, if somebody calls and, you know, from program, or if I need to clean my house, if I need to do laundry, or if I need to go for my walk, do my exercises, go to the doctors, I go with, with the flow, you know. God is showing me pretty much now Every step that I, I do, it's God's will, pretty much. You know, every once in a while, I'm still confused. Thank you. I'll wrap it up. But there was a time in my life when I, when I thought that God's will for me was to divorce my husband. And I'll, I'll talk about that another time. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa. Mm-hmm. Charles. Thank you, Sally. I like that little horn. That was good. Uh, thank you, God, for, you know, maybe that was maybe that was a signal. Thank you, God, for waking me up again one more time again. Thank you, God. I don't take that for granted. And thank you for all the shares, and thank you for your service. Um, so I, I just want to, I just want to say right quick one time that, um, you know, for me to be rocketed into a fourth dimension, I got to, I got to realize that I spiraled down. Uh, for for me to have that to develop that vital sixth sense, I gotta realize that you know what, Charles H. There you go that horn again. You ain't got no sense. For me, I'm talking about me. I don't know about nobody else. I self-diagnose myself, but I want to drill down to um. Where were we this morning? We said a lot of things. Two paragraphs. We relax and take it easy. We ask God for inspiration and intuitive thought or decision. I want to go to. I want to go if I may to page 28, and there's a solution, the last paragraph. I'm going to tie it in. In the following chapter, there appears to be an explanation of our alcoholism as we understood it. Then a chapter addressed to the agnostic. Many who were once in this class are now among our members. Surprisingly enough, we find such convictions no obstacle to a spiritual experience. Here's the one I want to get to, 29. Further on, clear-cut direction are given, showing how we recovered. These are followed by 43 personal stories. You know, clear-cut directions. God, thank you, God, for clear-cut directions every single day. God, thank you. I thank you. I thank you for it because I'm off the beam, man. I'm off the beam. And, and you know, I'm self-seeking every day, man. Can I tell it? Can I tell the truth? Um, I, I, I need to be around you guys every single day. I need to hear your... Your pro, you know, and I like that word up, you know, because I've been down so long. You know, I use that word up like, you know what, look up, wake up, get up, stand up, you know, you know, up. Let's get up. Let's get up and let's give, let's give whoever your higher power of praise is, praise up for, for, for waking me up so I can be utilized as a vessel because, yes, I'm human, but I'm not using that as an excuse to fall short on purpose. This morning again, self-seeking. I want to get some things done. I want to get some things done before it's time for me to get to work and, and my kids got to get in the bathroom and my wife is asking me this and asking me that. And I checked my blood pressure, and guess what? It was way up. So, yeah, was I burnt up like the big book said? Yep. So that's another up. But, it, but that's down. That type of up is down. Being burnt up and being resentful and self-seeking is down. I want to be rocketed into the fourth dimension, you know, Larry said it so beautifully. We were born with three dimensions. 
and I want to be rocketed. I want that spiritual experience every single day. I seek it. I crave it. So I got to ask God for intuitive thoughts. You know what's my thinking um, that's twisted? Thank you. I'm, I'm, I guess that's my sign. Beep, beep. <laughs> Thank you so much, Charles. Um, last call for this paragraph. Anyone else like to share? Rachel W. Leah. Lonnie P. Okay, Rachel W., did I hear Paula? You did. Yay. And then Leah and then Lonnie P. Let's yes. take those. Great. Go ahead. Rachel W., you're first. Good morning, Sally and everyone. Um, I just wanted to focus. This is Rachel W. calling in from New York. I just wanted to focus in on the sentence, what used to be the hunch or the occasional inspiration gradually becomes a working part of the mind. And when I walked in here um, uh, all that time ago, you know, I was uh, 100 pounds overweight, raging, and the first thing my sponsor had me do, the first assignment I had to do was to um, get in touch with the voices in my head. And I was I was um, amazed to find to discover that the the voice in my head was really predominantly the voice of the disease, and it was a loud, very demanding, um, very impulsive voice that was you know propelling me towards the food, basically towards anything self-destructive, and. Um, and it clearly wanted me dead, you know, and it was a very, very loud voice. And she helped me really get in touch with this and to extricate that voice and separate it from, from who – I'm sorry? I'm sorry, Rachel, there's a little echo. Keep going. Okay. Um, it, she helped me, you know, separate that voice from who, who I really am. And I remember in the early days having to actually – speak to food and, and say to it, like, yeah, I see you there. I know you're talking to me. I'm not going to eat you. You know, I'm, I, I, there's just, I'm not going to do this because I know that it's certain death. And it came to the, that's, that's how loud the voice was. It was so loud, so demanding. And over time, and it was gradual, it was very gradual, but it did happen. But over time, I was able to determine, you know, to distinguish uh, a, a quieter, you know, more silent, still voice that's inside of me. And I believe it's inside everyone that you know of the higher power that wants me to be better. It's that it's that higher sense of self. It's it is my higher power working within me with the quiet voice that wants me to slow down, that wants me to think, that wants me to pause. Um, I heard maybe here on the line, you know, the the the, uh, the acronym for pause of um, pray and use spiritual energy. Um, and I and I and I really came to listen. That the more I listened to that voice the more I could, I could hear it. And, and today, you know, I have, a, I have a different life because of that. It's, it is um, a continual process, but at least today I can actually distinguish what is a hunch, you know, what is, what is a, a working part of the mind. This happened to me. It's not just text, you know. This really does happen that I can, I can now my challenge is which voice am I going to listen to, which voice am I going to feed, you know, which voice am I going to, to honor, and um, I'm just so grateful for this process, and thank you to everyone on the line today, and I wish everyone a fantastic day. Thank you. Thank you, Rachel. And, um, I apologize for these noises. Um, somebody sounds like somebody's unmuted. Paula D., you're up next. And thank you, Sally A. This would be Paula D., and... Uh, I am a compulsive overeater recovered today by and with the grace of God. You know, I'm going to scoot on right down to that last line. Nevertheless, 
Hey, we can stay right there. Nevertheless, do you see the hope in that? Do you hear it? We find, seek and you will find. We find that our thinking, there it is, will as time passes be more and more on the plane of inspiration, beginning with the word in. We come to rely upon it. Wow. Now that's living. Now when we look in all through that paragraph, you're going to find the word inspiration. May I just tell you one of the meetings, meanings that has come, come about for me, and I speak for myself. Finally, an influence of a divinity on the minds of human beings. I being a human being, and here is where God comes in for me, into my very thinking. That's what inspires me. Then I know, and I'm going to be very clear, it's never been an answer. Gee, I wonder if that's right or wrong. Oh, I know. I know. Do I follow through? Even there, I need need to draw on God's strength. But you know, as I read that, I kept thinking, yes, nevertheless, there's hope. You don't do it all the time. But I will tell you, and it says it right there, we're not going to be inspired all the time. So I don't want to listen. But I love the way the ending, what an ending. And in competition with the beginning. With the beginning. Knowing that I can't determine, then I go to God. And I love what someone said. And I just, we relax and take it easy. Honey, we cease fighting anything or anyone. They're the opposite. So here I can depend on and I can rely on like a child who puts their hand in their father's as they cross the street. He's going to get me to the other side. Thank you for allowing me to share. And with that, I do pass. Thank you, Paula. Leah M. and then Lonnie, you'll be up next. Leah. We can't hear you. Okay. Just give it one more second and we'll go to Lonnie and then hopefully Leah will come back. Lonnie, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Um, Hi, everybody. It's Lonnie P., um, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Florida. I love this paragraph. Um, I love all these pages that give me the design for living. Um, And the sentence I really want to focus in on is the part where it says we relax and take it easy. That is so key for me because otherwise I don't want to relax and take it easy. My self-will wants to kick in. I want to react. I want to do something about it. I want to control the situation. I want to run the show. And it's only when I have that God pause, however long it needs to be, that the truth comes. And then I'm given that God-centered nudge, that, that inspiration, intuitive thought or decision. You know, so relaxing and taking it easy, you know, albeit not easy for me um, many times, that's exactly, you know, where I need to be. I, I need to give it the time and the space. You know, and the answers do come, the God-centered answers, 
and then I can take action knowing that what I'm doing has been inspired by my higher power. Um, so I, I'm grateful for this because, you know, I react, you know, I want to react, you know, that, that's my, that's my go-to, that's my instinct. So, but more and more, as, as I learn to pause, you know, I, I'm in alignment with my higher power and that occasional, that occasional inspiration is becoming a working part of my mind. So thank you so much for letting me share this morning. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Lonnie. And Leah. Thank you very much, Sally. Good morning, everybody. It's Leah M., Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Uh, being still inexperienced, having just made conscious contact with God, it is not probable that we are going to be inspired at all times. We might pay for this presumption and all sorts of absurd actions and ideas. This paragraph uh, brings back some memories of those absurd ideas. Uh, you know, 28 years ago, I was newly married, actually my first year marriage, when I began pressing into the program as written in this big book. And I had this incredible idea after about six months of being recovered, and that idea was to divorce my husband, my loving, understanding husband, mind you, and uh, mention that idea to my sponsor. Now, at this time in early recovery, I did uh, go over with her all minor decisions and major decisions, um, and, you know, 90% of the time, eventually, she would say, you know what, that sounds like you really uh, pressed into your higher power. That sounds aligned with your higher power. That sounds aligned with the principles. But there were 10, 10% of the time where I was just off the beam. It was those decisions were born out of selfishness and self-centeredness and fear and dishonesty and wanting my own desires uh, and wants fulfilled. And, uh, you know, that decision to uh, perhaps, uh, uh, you know, divorce my husband was in that 10% category. You know, she said that, I want you, Leah, today's assignment, I want you to speak to women who have been married for five years plus in the program of recovery. They've recovered, they've been married five years, and I want you to talk to them, and I want you to be open to how your higher power is leading you. And, of course, I stayed married. It's 29 years of marriage coming up next week, 12 children and grandchildren born from that readjustment <laughs> that readjustment, because the reality was, yes, I was recovered, but the reality also was that God was not finished with me yet. Through the process of these steps, I have been changed. These steps allowed me to, enabled me to be the wife that I am, the mother that I am, and these steps, particularly step 11 and continuing to press into that allowed me to live out of the depths of my being because it was in the depths where I find God. And that's the purpose of step 11. The purpose of prayer and meditation is to clear my mental and spiritual sludge, my vision of self-centeredness, fear, dishonesty, self-seeking, so that God's truth can make its full and proper impact on my life. So, you know, thank God the program of recovery allows me to look through the prism of the program, the prism of these steps, and make decisions based on that. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Leah. 
Okay, last call for this paragraph, and then we're going to move on. Tracy A. Larry. Larry. Okay, let's take those two, and then we'll move on. Tracy, go ahead, and Larry, you're up next. Hi, this is Tracy A., um, a compulsive overeater in Ottawa, Canada. Um, I love these uh, two paragraphs um, now. Uh, when I first got into OA uh, as an atheist, I couldn't figure out uh, how I was going to do this. Um, now I'm... The irony is actually that my higher power is mainly my body. So uh, my, bl- my lower brain centers, my heart, and my gut. And... Um, I was getting really frustrated and I talked to somebody I trust about how am I going to separate myself from myself? So what's my, um, what's God reliance to a, an atheist and what is self-reliance to an atheist? And um, basically I, I trust what the feelings are in my body and if my body feels I'm doing something wrong or, you know, my... Um, intellect is taking over, which always gets me into trouble. Um, I really have to do that, relax and take it easy to, f- to figure out what my body is trying to say to me because uh, as a compulsive overeater, I've ignored my body my whole life. And um, so I do make mistakes where I'm depending on my intellect um, but if I relax and take it easy, and, and the other thing was that I didn't know what relaxation was. I thought that meant zoning out. So that was really hard in the beginning as well. So to relax and take it easy, I actually need to stay conscious. I need to stay on the planet uh, and not zone out um, and take my time with decisions and make sure I talk to my sponsor about it and see what my body is saying. And if I do that... Like today I'm going into work, I'm going to take my higher power with me and um, all the decisions I make at work today uh, will be based on my gut instinct and what my body says. Uh, usually some at some point during the day I take my will back and I just go on brain power alone and it's just a disaster and I get so tired. So hopefully now that we've read these two together, I will have a peaceful day at work with my higher power of my understanding. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Tracy A. And Larry, and Hoodie, you'll be up next. Thanks, Sally. Uh, Larry Kay, Recovered Compulsive Reader from Chicago. So, yeah, a lot of great shares, and, you know, so the big book reminds me that that I'm not always going to know what course of action to take. You know, I'm going to face this indecision. You know, but nonetheless, it's it's important that I I ask uh, God uh, to guide me towards the appropriate decision, and it really I mean it gets to the heart of this 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 intuition thing this deal you know, we call it this sixth sense, you know that resides in us all that speaks to us, and you know it's important that I pay attention to this, but the question then becomes which has come up already is how how do I separate out the you know the true from the false. I mean, am I going to know for sure, you know, when it's my will and, and when, it's, when it's not? And that's, you know, where our intuition comes into play. But I can only speak for myself that when I was still 
absolutely enslaved by this disease, which the disease for me was just not merely manifested in food. It was manifested in, in you know, a spiritual, a spiritual soul sickness for me, really. And um, when, when I was enslaved by that, that disease, um, you know, the, it was an issue of trust. Not only did I mistrust others much of the time, but I didn't trust myself. You know, deep down, I, I knew that I couldn't be trusted. I wasn't the type of person that could be trusted. You know, um, and yet following these steps, we become unblocked from the higher power of our own understanding. And we now have a- access to God. It's not just an awareness, but we have access. And, you know, we're told that God, you know, this higher power can speak to us through our intuition and I can relax. And, and trust and reliance on my higher power lifts me from the bondage of self. And so I no longer, the, the thing is for me, I no longer have to control my environment. We all know what that feels like. Control, just because it comes from a place of fear that I'll be trampled or overwhelmed by life. And, you know, today I trust an infinite God rather than my finite self, finite others uh, as much I I trust an infinite God, so I, I go to God and I can relax. You know, that intuitive thought will come to me. And um, thank God for that because otherwise I would still be either, you know, knee-deep in pudding or, uh, or I would be, um, you know, I would be uh, dead. So with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thanks, Larry. And Hoodie. Uh, Good morning, Sally. Go ahead, Hoodie. Good morning, Sally. Thank you so much for your service this morning. My name is Hoodie, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Israel. We usually conclude the period of meditation with a prayer that we be shown all through the day what our next step is to be, that we be given whatever we need to take care of such problems. We ask especially for freedom from self-will and are careful never to make no request um, able to make no request for ourselves alone. We may ask for ourselves, however, if others will be helped. We are careful never to pray for our own selfish ends. Many of us have wasted a lot of time doing that, and it just doesn't work. You can easily see why. And yes, many of us have wasted a lot of time doing that, um, being that, you know, in my addiction, in my addict, my addict mind, I was selfish, dishonest, self-seeking, and afraid. And um, it was all life was all about me, 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 and it led to self-will and my own thinking, thinking about what I should do, how I should, um, um, what I should do first. You know, just led me into the rooms of OA on my hands and knees, crying. Um, you know, and I'm desperate, and it led me, and it led me deep down in that. Quicksand. So yes, we ask especially for freedom from self-will and are careful to make no requests for ourselves alone. And that's my personality change here in, in interaction we're t- discussing in step 11, um, praying and meditating and asking God what his will is for me and um, thy will, not mine, be done. And um, I'm so grateful that today with the disciplines that I have received in this program, the disciplines and the and the structure that, you know, I could lean on and develop that personal relationship with my higher power and hear 
and medit and and hear him talking to me and showing me step by step how I should live and what I should do, and um, you know, and just move forward one step at a time and take it 24 hours. And I just wanted to end in the A12 and 12. Um, and step 11, the last paragraph, perhaps one of the greatest rewards of meditation and prayer is the sense of belonging that comes to us. We no longer live in a completely hostile wor- world. We are no longer lost and frightened and purposeless. The moment we catch even a glimpse of God's will, the moment we begin to see truth, justice, and love as the real and eternal things in life, we are no longer deeply disturbed by all the seeming evidence to the contrary that surrounds us in purely human affairs. We know that God lovingly watches over us. We know that when we turn to him, all will be well with us here and hereafter. And with that, I pass. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Hari. And we have time for just two. Melissa, Shane. Do. Okay, do. And who's that first person? Is that Alyssa? Melissa. Melissa. Okay, we'll take those two. Melissa and then do. Go ahead, Melissa. Hi, good morning. This is Melissa, being a compulsive overeater in New York. And, um, you know, why doesn't the prayer for what I want, why why isn't that effective? Why doesn't that work? And um, now I was reflecting on that this morning, and, and that's really operating on what I wanted, what was best for me, um, really is what got me into this mess, which, which is, um, you know, my selfishness, um, even so I could mask it through um, wanting what I believe is best for everybody else. Um, and I'm not selfish. You know, I'm a good person. Um, even that, even that, you know, cry that I would say, um, it really was selfishness at, at its, like, pinnacle because um, it's, it's a belief that I know is best. And, you know, I, I had a very immature view of um, fight. And that, and my higher power, and so it didn't work because life doesn't always give us what we want, um, and and so I needed a new way, a new vision, um, because when I didn't get what I wanted, um, I was like a toddler having a temper tantrum, and I acted out primarily by hurting myself, and um, you know, so now my my prayer is really it, it's always the acceptance. It's always, um, this, you know, the serenity prayer because I need to be in agreement with God's plan. And when I can, um, when I face a decision and I pray to be shown the right way and, and how to act today, um, I'm best when I put other people and, um, and the, the world, how can I be of service to others in the forefront? Because that kind of keeps my selfishness at check. And, you know, when I get carried away with what I want, I lovingly remind myself that, um, you know, what I wanted was to be left alone with the food, and, and that that certainly didn't serve me well. And uh, great to be in peace with what God wants for the world and, uh, and just to be of service and, and a, a piece of that. Thank you. Melissa, what's the first initial of your last name? I guess she put push pause already, muted herself already. Do you'll be our last share this morning? Go ahead. Do good morning, Sally. This is do. 
L, Recover Compulsive Overeater. I, I love this paragraph because this whole paragraph is a prayer. Um, and, you know, it says we conclude the period of meditation with a prayer. And then now it's going to show us this prayer, right? It says shown, uh, that we be shown throughout the day what the next step, next step is to be and that we be given whatever we need to take care of such problems. And this is about the third time it's telling us. Um, this is the fourth prayer here. And the first prayer is telling us, God, give me direction as, as far as my thinking. The second prayer is asking me to ask God for inspiration, intuitive thought. I'm sorry, the second prayer is asking me to, to ask for direction. And the first one is for forgiveness and corrective measures. So it's, it's, it's always given me directions, what to pray for. And it's direction, direction, direction. What is the next step? What is the next right decision? What is the next right, right step? And then it says, you know, to take care of whatever problems um, come along. And what is my problems? Myself. And it's going to give me specific directions in my prayer what to pray for. And it says, be careful to make no requests for ourselves unless it's going to help somebody else. So it's telling me that the self needs to be removed. And so I'm going to be praying to God for the self to be removed. And it says we're careful never to pray for our own selfish ends. So it's not like I'm going to pray for, oh, God, you know, I want to become rich. I want a relationship. I want money. I want fame. I want what I want when I want it. That's not what this is telling us. In order to connect with God, I need to be praying to be useful to others. And how do I do that? You know, I, I surrender. I surrender, and, and part of it is, you know, reflecting on what the things that bring me to, to self-will versus God's will. And what is God's will? God's will is always going to produce good results. Good results. Self-will is going to produce conflict, confusion, and chaos. So if I am in God's will, then I know that my life will be on a higher plane. It will go much smoother um, if I'm connecting with God. That is if I'm connecting with God. Because I, I may think that I'm connecting with God and my life is chaotic. So that, that should be an indicator already that I am in self-will. So um, this is very, very specific, and it, it's a whole prayer there, and it's just, um, it's just beautiful because it just goes to show you um, how to pray, and it gives you specific directions on how to do it. And with that, I pass. Thank you, do. Thank you, do, L. And Melissa's last initial of uh, Melissa's last name was Melissa C. For anyone who was um, curious about that. So thank you to everyone who has shared this morning. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Deanna B., will you please read for us page 164 in the chapter of Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Deanna B., we can't hear you. Press star one to unmute Thank yourself. you, Sally. I had trouble unmuting. You can hear me now? I sure can. Go right ahead. Okay, thanks. My name is Deanna B. from Chicago, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. 
Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.